High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. We're really blessed, really excited. I've already mentioned it, but we're so uh, blessed and honored to have Pastors Micah and Chelsea uh, in the house tonight. Uh, Pastor Micah uh, very much grew up here. I think uh, when when our parents, uh, if you don't know, Pastor Micah is my uh, my little brother. Uh, my I'm not a little younger at this point. Uh, he used to be my little brother. Now he's just my younger brother. Uh, but. Uh, Whenever we, uh, my parents started the church in 97, he was, were you four? Uh, He was four, almost five years old. Uh, Whenever the church started, he grew up here. Uh, He has done about everything that could be done in the church because that's what PKs do, especially if you're on staff. You do it all at some point. Uh, But they've done uh, kids ministry for years and years. Uh, They helped us launch, uh, they launched the faith force here at the church, uh, which is still being used to this day. And kids just absolutely love. Uh, What you don't know is that's also just where Micah and I get to have fun and goof off doing character voices. Uh, And uh, then also for years led our youth ministry. And uh, what was it? In 2020, uh, which is the greatest year to plant a church, 2020. Uh, In 2020, they established High Praise Crestview. uh, And God's just doing marvelous uh, things at High Praise Crestview. Uh, What's that? No, never not get to make that joke. That's exactly right. And uh, doing marvelous things at High Praise Crestview. They really need a new building, so let's be praying and agreeing with them uh, to either find a new building or just for one day to show up and the Lord to have miraculously doubled the building in size. One or the other uh, will take either one, but they really need a new building. They're out of space, and they're just doing a wonderful, phenomenal job. Uh, we're so proud of them. I know as a church body, uh, as as older brother, I'm so proud of them. They're just doing a wonderful job, and we're excited to hear what Pastor Micah has to share with us tonight. So can we give him honor where honor is due. Can you stand up and can you bless God for Pastor Micah as he comes tonight to bring the word? Amen. 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 Will you keep that going for Jesus just for a minute? Come on, give him praise. Give him honor. He's worthy. Amen. Amen. Now sit down. Good evening, high praise. It's good to see everybody here tonight. Uh, I told Pastor Chelsea before we left tonight, I said, you know, I'm going to wear dark tonight so you don't see sweat. Unfortunately, it didn't work very well. It was not dark enough, apparently. But it is good to see everyone here tonight at High Praise. We are so just honored to get to come over here. Uh, You know, like Pastor Joshua said, uh, at 2 o'clock he called me and said, hey, we got this issue going on. Can you come over and minister? And we actually said, can you come play drums? And I said, yes, but you have to let me minister. So... Tonight, we're going to open our Bibles to Song of Solomon. I'm just playing. It's a joke. Y'all went, what? Wait for it. And Song of, what is going on here tonight? What did I walk into? 
No, I didn't, I, didn't com- I didn't demand that I get to minister or anything like that, but they asked me if I'd minister too, and I said, absolutely. I'm always honored to get to minister to our high praise Panama City family. We dearly love each and every single one of you. We think of you often. We think of this church often. We're not too far away, uh, but, you know, it's always good to get to come back and see everybody and say hello. And just one more moment. Can we honor big brother and sister-in-law Joshua and Miranda, Pastor Joshua Miranda? Amen. Awesome job they're doing here. Amen. They're doing incredible things here at High Praise, and uh, you guys are honored and blessed to get to receive from them on a week-to-week basis, and just God's up to something incredible here, amen? How many of you were here, um, I guess it was about two months ago, when Bishop Kyle Searcy was here? How many of y'all were here? Make some noise if you were here when Kyle Searcy was here, amen? Awesome. I got to tune in online, and I was encouraged by that message. What was interesting about that message, whenever he began to minister it, was that was actually my word of the Lord, what I believed that the Lord was saying for this year. And I had already ministered some in our church. And even before that, Pastor Robert was ministering. And um, I was asking the Lord, what do you want to say this year to high praise to our church, to our churches? And I began to hear the word of the Lord, and it was this scripture, and it was the same scripture that Bishop Kyle Searcy shared from. And I had two different parts. I had Bishop Kyle Searcy's part, and I had... Pastor Robert and Pastor Joshua's part, where we're talking about running. And I believe that high praise, we are about to run. I believe that we're already running, but I believe we're just starting the run. And I want you to hear this tonight, that it's, the run is not a sprint, it's a marathon. We are not gassing ourselves in the beginning of this run, but rather we're going to run with endurance and continue to pass the baton and continue on generation after generation after generation of what God wants to do through this place and through this ministry. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. Will you open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40? Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to start in verse 28 tonight. Uh, We're going to read three main texts to start this message. If you're wanting a title for this message, the media team beat me to it, and you can write it down. Uh, The title for tonight's message is, somebody say, wait for it. Now, if you want to say it like Hamilton Musical, you can do that too. Uh, But see, how many, I heard somebody say, I did. Good, kudos to you. Um, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 says this, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. How many thankful that the Lord's not weary, amen? His understanding is unsearchable. His understanding is unsearchable. That means that he has greater understanding that sometimes we don't even fully understand. When you're going through something, God knows what's going on. Let's keep going right here. Verse 29, he gives, somebody say power. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall do what? Renew their strength. The word renew there literally means this, to be made new again. Listen, when we wait on the Lord properly, our strength is made new once again. Some of us over the last year plus, our strength has become very weak and the Lord is calling on us to wait on him again, not so that we're just in a pause or a stop mode, but rather in a recharging mode of strength. And we're talking about that in just a minute. You just stay with me. 
says they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What precedes the running and not growing weary is waiting. What precedes, what comes before a run and a sprinting without getting tired is a proper time of waiting to go forth on what God has called you to do. Listen, I believe that this church for, for, for a season, we've went through seasons of waiting and I really believe the Lord is saying that the season of waiting is coming to, the, to an end and it's about time to begin to run, amen? But let's move on to Isaiah 55 now. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, I'll give you a second to get there. Verses eight and nine is what we're gonna read. It says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. I'm grateful for that, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Can I read one more scripture? I'm going to anyways. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one. You don't have to turn there, you can write this down. Says this, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word tonight. I thank you, Lord. Let it be a, a water to us this evening. Let the word of God water the seeds within our heart tonight. Lord, we ask that you speak what you want spoken. Let every ear be open. Let every heart be open to receive of what Holy Spirit wants to speak through the word of God tonight. We say yes and amen. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. These scriptures are revealing that God has greater purposes, greater plans for us, for each one of us. But listen to me, there's also in the time of understanding that there's greater things that he has for us, oftentimes we find ourselves in that season of waiting. And I want you to take heart in this, that the season of waiting is not wasted. I'm gonna say that again, you might wanna write that down. Your season of waiting is not wasted. It's not just a wasted season that gets thrown away. There is an actual thing that's taking place. Listen to me, even whenever you plant seeds in the soil, guess what? There is a waiting season and that waiting season of letting it grow is just as important as the seasons as once it is fully grown. As a matter of fact, you have to nurture and take care of things oftentimes in the infancy season and in that small season where it's barely got any root system to it before you can actually just let it go with greater, there's a word here, with greater endurance. It can go longer distance. In other words, it can stay by itself and be sustained by itself for a longer time. Okay, then it can when it's in that season that's just a seed. When it's just, as a matter of fact, I just put some, uh, anybody uh, uh, do any outside yard work? I don't, I'm terrible at it, but I, I'm learning, okay? But I, I decided this year, I saw weeds coming up in the yard and I said, I need to go get some weed and feed, right? And I threw the weed and feed out and it says this, after you throw that down, you're supposed to water vigorously. <laughs> How do you water vigorously? <laughs> Water vigorously after the third day and continue to water for weeks or whatever. Because the seed, when it's trying to take root, needs a lot of work. Which means it's going to be a while before it can be sustained on the root system that's created. So oftentimes when you're in that waiting season, it's really just a rooting season. 
And God's getting you deep where you are so that you can grow up there. You know, we learn this at high praise. We say it all the time. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will do what? Very good, high praise. You passed the test. Flourish. And Pastor Robert says it like this, and I love it. What is, and Pastor Joshua may, may have said this before too, what is the courts? It's anything outside the church. If you want to be fruit, this is not even the message, but it ties along. We'll go with it. If you want to flourish out there in your job, in your family, in your prayer life, in your work life, and everything else that you, that you touch, you've got to take root in a local church body and get planted. Planted does not mean show up occasionally on a Wednesday night and every other Sunday morning. Planted means I'm there when the doors are open unless I'm sick, on vacation, or I'm working, I'm in the house of the Lord. Nothing else takes priority. That's planted. And I believe that God wants us to be that kind of planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's keep going, my word. This, that was a little bit of a little side road I take after my dad. What can I say? But there's times and seasons for everything. There's a time for a word to come over your life, and then there's time for fulfillment. These things are not always next-door neighbors. As a matter of fact, oftentimes they are far neighbors and sometimes feel like distant nations, if you know what I mean. The word comes, and then it takes a long time to see it. But listen, to understand, to understand waiting, we have to understand time. You cannot understand waiting without understanding time. We think time like this. How many of you been to Disney World? How many of you been to Disney World before they had wait times? And you just looked and went, no, not today. That line's too long, Okay. I remember growing up and we had that sometimes. It was, you, no, look, there's people outside, no way. And now we're spoiled when we go to Disney and we're already spoiled because we go to Disney. And then we're even more spoiled because they have times that are posted that tell you how long it's gonna take. And then we can buy this. Um, now, well, it was, you could get Fast Pass for free. Disney, bring it back. And now they have what they call Genie Pass. And you can actually buy a pass to skip most of the line to get further up in the line quicker. Oftentimes, our understanding of time is Disney time. Lord, show me the posted wait time. I don't like that wait time. Lord, I'm going to do a bunch of good things to make the time go by quicker. Listen, you can't buy God to speed up time. God's time is God's time. Your time is your time. We are on Kronos time, which is an exact time. That means right now, it is 8 o'clock. It is exactly 8 o'clock. God is on a thing called Kairos time. In God's time, I have no clue what time it is. Lord's like, it's 37 o'clock. I'm like, what? Right? It doesn't, because it, you're right, it doesn't exist. But listen to me. God exists outside of time. Because he created time, he can do whatever he wants in time. He's on a kairos, which means this, 
an appointed time, an appointed season. There is a time and a purpose of God and his time. Now I want you to listen, waiting for God's perfect timing does this. Listen, it's a good thing to wait on the Lord. This is why. I'll give you two reasons real quickly. Number one, it grows our faith as we are forced to wait and trust in God. Waiting on God causes you to rely on your faith. Number two is this. It makes certain that he and he alone gets the glory and praise for pulling us through. I'm going to say it again. Number one is because of this. It, incre it increases our faith. And number two is it makes sure that he and he alone gets the glory. You can't take the glory if God pushes you into a place. You can begin to take the glory if you decide to step into a place. I'll show you. With Pastor Chelsea and I, Pastor Joshua mentioned it a moment ago, 2020, God called us to Crestview. We were here. We were working, doing kids, youth, and the other things that we did. And the Lord had a Kairos time for us. We were on Kronos, and we were okay with it. Now, there was, there was what's interesting about God is that whenever you're, whenever you're in that waiting season, there's this thing called transition, also known as Pastor Robert, I'm sure has said it here numerous times, also known as hell. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a friction that's, that's taking place. There's a, a, an uncomfortability that's happening. We were happy doing what we were doing, we were fulfilled doing what we were doing, but we knew that the Lord, there was something the Lord was calling us to do, and we didn't know what it was. So we kept doing what we were called to do here. And then the Lord providentially, divinely opens a door of opportunity. Pastor Robert calls on a Monday when I told him, don't call me on Mondays. That's our day off. And I would say that with him sitting right here because he knows this. I've said this to him. And I almost didn't pick up the phone that night. And I ca he calls and I said, hey, dad, what's up? And he begins to talk to me about what is going to take place. And, he's, and, and when that, in that moment, I felt a yes in my spirit, like wind in my sails, and I said yes to the Lord. We prayed about it, and I want you to hear me. We said yes, but we didn't go, yes, we're here. Because that's foolishness. We said yes, but let's wait, let's talk, let's pray, which we're talking about in just a second. I'm way ahead of myself. Let's do the appropriate things before we jump into what we believe that God is calling us into, amen? So let's go back to this real quickly. So, it, it, and, and now, God and God alone can only get the glory for what he's doing. Now, I want you to hear me. There's always vessels that God uses to do things through, but everything that gets done through us goes back to him. Just like your pastors here with Pastor Joshua Miranda, the Lord providentially brought them back here and listen, it's a blessing for this church body and this church family that they're here. And now because of that, we're experiencing growth here and we're seeing great and mighty things be implemented into this church body. And we're seeing new people come into the, uh, 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 the Lord's family. But all of that is not for their glory, it's for his glory. Amen? Now, amen. The psalmist said it like this in Psalm 31, 15. My times are in your hands. I love that because it doesn't say my time, it says my times. It means every time, every bit of my time is in your hands, God. You have full control. That, that needs to be our heart surrenders. My times are in your hands. 
That means this, at the right time, God will provide your need. At the right time, God will deliver you. At the right time, God will rescue. At the right time, in his timing. But listen, waiting requires discipline to not run ahead. Did you know that in, in, in track, which I never ran, Pastor Joshua did, believe it or not. He did. He's a runner. He's a track star. Anyways. Whenever you get in the position to run, I can't do it right now. I got arthritis in my back. We'll talk about it. <laughs> when, we, when we get in position to run, listen, it's a true story, by the way. I moved too many desks around here. But when we're in a position to run, <laughs> listen, probably bounced on the drums too much too. But anyways, in track, if you decide to run before the gun goes off or the whistle goes off or whatever they're using and you take off, guess what? False start, restart. If you do it too many times, disqualified. In football, if you jump the line of scrimmage, false start, five-yard penalty, you do it too much, you're all the way back at the safety line, buddy. What I'm saying is there's always, you do not want to have to go back to start position because you decided to run ahead of his timing. Always wait on the Lord. In the natural, in the natural, you know, I'm, I'm back on my fitness journey. And um, when I say fitness, I'm not trying to be Arnold up in here, okay? I'm just like a little bit more fit dad bod. That's all I want. And so, so, so I, I am working on my fitness. And guess what I've learned? Fitness stinks. You want to know why? Because I have to work at it. Every night. I have to work out. My diet has had to change. I only eat eight hours of the day and that's it. And only 1,500 calories and that's it. I'm not doing nothing else. There's work that is involved in getting stronger. So in the natural, it's those who work get stronger. In the spirit though, because everything in the kingdom's upside down. In the spirit, the Bible says here that those who wait get stronger or get renewed strength. Listen, working is not going to make you look strong in the spirit. Waiting on the Lord makes you strong in the spirit. And we should be more concerned, we, we should be less concerned about what we look like and more concerned about what we're receiving from the Lord so that we can go forth and actually do what he's called us to do because if we're just doing and doing and doing, you can be really, really heavy, hard-handed worker but have no productivity for the kingdom. But I don't wanna be someone who works their life away but does nothing for the kingdom. I wanna be somebody that's king kingdom-minded and kingdom-focused and waits on the Lord so I can further his kingdom here on earth, so I can establish his kingdom and further it, see people saved, delivered, set free. But listen, there's a season that comes before all of that greatness and it's waiting. I'm going to wait. Somebody say, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. 
So whenever we wait on them, our strength is renewed according to the word of God. And I, I want to, it's like, kind of like a phone. You know, my, my phone has wireless charging. And in my car and, and, and at home, I have a wireless charger dock that I just set it down on. And when I set it down on it, you know what happens? It charges every night. And then in the morning, I pick it up. And guess what I do throughout the day? I use it. You know what happens when I use it? The battery gets drained. It gets tired. It starts feeling a little weary. So you know what I do? Got to go back to it. Some of you just need to go back to the waiting season every once in a while and ask the Lord for a fresh strength and a new strength. Because you're running and running and you're doing a whole lot, but you're getting weary. If you're growing weary all the time, it's a sure sign that you're not waiting enough. If you're getting weary all the time, it's a sure sign that you're not waiting enough. Amen? Now, oftentimes we get impatient, though, and we try to make things happen. Anybody in here, one of those people that just, man, you got no chill? You know what I'm talking about? My beautiful wife is one of those people sometimes. Years ago, we were going to buy a new vehicle. <laughs> She's in our youth theory, yes. We're going to buy a new vehicle, and um, we decided we really wanted a Nissan Rogue. And we had a car that was paid off at the time. We were going to use it as a trade-in value, and we, we did. And it was a great car, what we ended up getting. But can I tell you that the interior was not what she wanted? Outside looked great. It's a black Nissan Rogue SV. She wanted the dark interior. But the only thing they had on the, on the lot was a light interior. So you know what we ended up with? The light interior. Because she wanted it then, right now. I, I give that story. I give that story because of this. That is a sign. <laughs> he said, it's not about you. That's a sign, though, to show you this, that that is often how we look. We will settle rather than wait. We will settle for second best. It was not that it was bad. Listen, that's the thing. It's not that it was bad, but it was not exactly the dream that she had. So we settled for something right under what we really wanted. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. Hmm. I believe that scripture. I believe when we delight ourselves, Lord, I believe when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us. You know what part of seeking first the kingdom of God is? Waiting on the Lord. You know what part of delighting yourself in the Lord is? Taking time in his presence and waiting on the Lord. But oftentimes we don't want to wait. I want it now, right now. And we settle. We do it in relationships. We do it in jobs. Hmm? We do it in all different areas of our life. We settle for second best of what God has for us. And I want to encourage you tonight to not settle any longer for second best for what the Lord has for you. Always strive for God's best and wait on him. I'm not saying be indecisive and never make a decision. 
But what I am saying is listen to the Lord. And we're talking about it. I promise you, I'm going to give you some actual points of this message. Right now I'm just talking a lot, and it's good, but I'm going to give you points to live by, okay? Now, God gives us something called free will. Free will gives you the choice to make whatever decisions you want to make. And in that moment with that Nissan Rogue, we made a decision. Anybody ever seen, I don't know if anybody uses TikTok in this room, but there's a, there's a video, and it's this guy, and he's working at a job. He's working like at a grocery store or whatever. And he takes this, these items off the shelf, and they're liquid. And he's, and he's standing there, and he goes, that moment you realize you have free will, and then just drops them and makes a mess. And that is what free will is. We have free will to make decisions. We have these, we can make decisions in moments, or we can wait and get the decision from the Lord, right? You can do whatever, but that doesn't mean whatever you do is right or in the timing of God. Abraham exemplified this for us. God tells Abram, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Sarah's going to have a baby. However, as time went on, Abraham had no children. So his wife Sarah had been, un because his wife Sarah had been unable to conceive. They began to question just how the promise of God would be fulfilled, and Abraham began to grow impatient. And so Sarah gives him a recommendation. Abraham and Sarah decide, you know what? Go get the hand servant pregnant. And according to the law of the time, that baby's ours. They decide to do that. Abraham and Hagar conceive a child together, which is Ishmael. And Ishmael is the illegitimate promised seed made in the timing of the flesh. It's another 13 years. Y'all tired of waiting a month. You got a prophetic word last, literally this past Sunday, and you're at work this week wondering why you haven't seen the promotion yet. 13 years. I ain't got kids 13 years old. 13 years before he sees, and they conceive the promised seed. However, because of the illegitimate timing decision, once again, they had free will. They could make the decision, didn't make it the right decision. They had to deal with Ishmael and the frustration of them for the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives, they had to deal with that decision. That means this, listen to me. You might want to write this down. You can have a legitimate birth at an illegitimate time. Legitimately, a baby came out. Legitimately, according to law, it was their baby. But it was the wrong timing. You can make things happen, but it doesn't mean it's the promise of God. And we are really bad about trying to make things happen because let's just be honest in this room, majority of us in this room are control freaks. <gasps> not me, pastor. Yes, you. The one that said not me, definitely you. <laughs> you are a control freak because you want everything to happen in your timing. You want everything to happen just the way you want it. You want everything to, everything to lay in place the exact way. Listen to me. God puts you in some uncomfortable situations that stretch your faith and timing in him. Let me reword that. God lets you be in some uncomfortable situations 
He doesn't make them necessarily happen, but he lets you be there so you can rely on him in the greater way. There's a time for everything. There's a Kairos moment for everything. Kronos moments are those moments like get up and brush your teeth and feed your kids, right? Eat a sandwich, you know, go mow the lawn, take a shower, please put on deodorant. Like those are Kronos moments, go to work. Kairos moments are those big things you've been waiting about, that next step of faith, the new business endeavor that you've been praying about, that move that you've been thinking about making, which stay here, that promotion that you've been applying for. That was a thus saith the Lord, by the way. Listen, that's, that's those Kairos moments. These should all be done in the Kairos moment or the appointed time. Now, real quickly, I'm talking about we're gonna run super fast. I'm gonna give you four practical steps while waiting for Kairos timing. Four practical steps while waiting on Kairos timing. Number one is this, pray. These are gonna be blockbusters right here, man. Pray. Revelation alert. You know what, for many of us in this room, we laugh that that's like, oh yeah, pray, duh. How often do you pray? This is, I'll give you a picture of how we pray. We wait till the whole house is on fire before we go to the store to go buy the fire extinguisher. We don't even call the ambulance. I mean, I mean the fire department. We go to the store ourselves to go buy a, a counter shelf fire extinguisher to try to put it out ourselves. <laughs> Listen, prayer should not be a reactionary response, but rather a precautionary practice. I'll say it again. Prayer should not be reactionary response. Knee jerk, oh, I gotta pray. But rather, if we are saturating everything in prayer, we will walk in a perfect peace. We will walk in a great strength from the Lord because that's a consistent being in the presence. Now, I want to, I want to, I want to tell you though how to pray, okay? Because Philippians 4, 6 tells us to pray about everything. But there's a couple ways I want to tell you real quickly how to pray, which I know you all just went through a great series on how to pray. Uh, pray this way. I'm sure it was uh, life-giving and encouraging for many of us in here, but maybe somebody needs to hear this again. The two, these are, I'm going to give you two things to pray for real quickly. Don't pray for what you want. Don't pray for what you want. God, gimme, 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 gimme. Don't pray that way. Pray his will, his purpose, his timing. When Jesus shows up in Matthew 6, he says, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, saying this is how you pray. Our Father, I acknowledge you. Now I want your will to be established on earth as it is in heaven. Guess what? You're on earth. <laughs> your life is here on earth right now. And so what you're praying is, Lord, I want your will in my life as you will for it in heaven. Let it be here. That should be your prayer. You pray for that. This is the great news when staying in his timing and will is it will be better than what you are praying for. You can pray what you want, but if you're in his timing... It's so much better. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, we read it earlier. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways uh, uh, my ways, says the Lord. For as, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. God said, man, my, I got way more better for you. Way more better. 
You, you think like this, I think like this. God has something better for you. And can I just say this while we're here? God has a will and plan for everybody. Everyone. Everyone he has a will for. And the second way to pray is this. Pray for wisdom. First pray for, Lord, your timing. And then pray for wisdom to know his timing. The Bible says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And if you don't have wisdom, you just is dumb. You can use that one on your friends later. The Bible tells us to ask for wisdom and he'll give it to us. We need to begin to ask the Lord for wisdom. And sometimes we don't know what to pray. I'll give you a third way to pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray. Pray. Just, just, just pray. Romans 8, 26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I sometimes don't know what to say. Lord, let your will be done. Sometimes we just got to stir the Spirit of God up within us and pray that way. Amen. So first thing we need to do is pray. Number two is this. Y'all going to like me after this one. Ask for counsel. Number two, ask for counsel. The book of Proverbs is full of scriptures that yell of the importance of this, of, about the multitude of counsel. There is safety. There's another scripture that talks about how the multitude of counsel, there's victory. There's another one that says, talks about the multitude of counsel. There is success found all in the Proverbs. Listen to me. 20 foolish advisors are no better than one. So the kind of counselors one seeks makes all the difference in the outcome. Because it's not just about the multitude, it's about who's in the multitude. You can find people who agree with you. Do you think I should start this business? Oh, yeah, man. I know you ain't got no money, but you should definitely start it. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. That's not, that's not wise. Like, financially, it's probably not the most fiscal responsible decision you've ever made in your life. Maybe you should actually go to some people who are business-minded. And, like, like, you need people that have already went through some of the things that you're praying about going through. <laughs> you need that kind of multitude of counsel. And I do believe that your pastors are to be part of that counsel that you should seek. Amen? Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. There is no people on God's green earth right now that can care more for you in this moment of your life than the people that are sitting right here and Apostles Robert and Stacy. These people love you and care about you. And guess what? They have to give an account. <laughs> For it. If you're submitted here, planted in this house, they care about you and they will counsel and they will connect you with people to counsel you. I'm not saying they're going to tell you the next step to take because sometimes the greatest counsel is you already know. <laughs> We've counseled numerous people and talked to people, and you'll find out numerous times that oftentimes you already have the answer, you just need to talk to people. Like you already know it, the Lord's already revealed it to you. But oftentimes you just need to sit with people that are spiritually minded too and let, just let them listen and then you can pray about it so on and so forth. You need to talk to people. But listen to me, human beings are fallible. No one gets it right 100% of the time. The wisest, most godly among us are still subject to hum, human error. 
and we set ourselves up for disappointment and often disaster when we build our lives or ministries or every decision based upon the counsel of just one person. That's why it's important to have a multitude of counselors. It's good to surround ourselves with trusted advisors, a multitude of counselors. That's why on the board of this church and even, uh, in, in, even in High Praise Crestview, we have this too. We have what we call our church advisory committee, and they just help us make decisions. Like, for instance, looking for a building right now because we're, we're at our... Listen, nobody call the fire department in Crestview and report them to High Praise Crestview. Please don't, okay? Because we are pushing fire code hard right now, Okay. Probably shouldn't say that out loud. But we're, our average is about 150 people, and I think our, um, we've had up to about 163 in a service, and I think our fire code's 165. So y'all pray with us once again for a new building and, and, and such. But that's like with decisions on should we go to two services yet? Should we do two services for Easter? These are all, qu- and what's look, what, anybody know of any land? These are decisions that we talk about in a multitude of counsel. And that multitude of counsel that we've put together are businessmen. We have one of the lead, um, he's, the, uh, uh, he's over all the sales of a brand called Catchmaster, uh, which you'll see in Walmart, stuff like that, the rodent stuff. He is over all sales, national and international. He's in our church and he's over, he's in our church committee because he's very savvy business minded. We also have people that have been in ministry for 20 plus years, different pastoral roles and things like that, because we need that too. That is the multitude of counsel. It's a balanced counsel. It's not all just yes men. It's not all no men. We have a balanced counsel. Amen. And that's what God wants for you. He wants you to go to counsel, but have it balanced. Amen. But listen to me, listen to me. Don't do step two, unless you're willing to do step three. Step three is this, shut up and listen. Shut up and listen. (laughs) Shut up. Anybody seen that movie Zookeeper, TJI Fridays? (laughs) Slow to speak, quick to listen. Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Proverbs 19.20-21, Listen to advice and accept discipline. What does it say? Listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 19, 27. Stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. If you stop listening to words of instruction, you're going to stray far away from the plan of God in your life. It's important that you listen to great Counsel, can somebody say amen? Amen. I want you to hear this, though. When you're listening, don't listen through what you want. Listen through his will. If you listen through the lens of your will, you will miss his will. If you listen through the lens of your will, you will miss his ultimate will. You need to listen to counsel and listen to the promptings and voice of his spirit. And also, you need to listen to the Lord, not just the counsel. You need to listen to the Lord, amen, for yourself. And you need to know how the Lord speaks to you. Many of us hear the Lord in different ways. I see things. Anybody else see things? I I, I often get pictures and and visions of things, even whenever I prophesy uh, in services. Most of the time it comes from a vision first. Some people hear the audible voice of the Lord. Somebody tell me what he sounds like, okay? Like some of us... 
Some of us hear that way. Some of us sense things. Some of us just feel things. There's different ways that the Lord speaks to us, and you need to know how the Lord speaks to you. And guess what? There is no greater church, I believe, in Panama City or near here to be in than this house because this house teaches you and takes time to teach you on how to hear the voice of the Lord for yourself, amen? That's why we have prophetic team trainings and different things like that, because you can learn in those times of how to hear the voice of the Lord, how to sense the voice of the Lord, amen? Y'all with me? Last point, come to a close. Number four is this. So, so number one, what are we gonna do? We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray about it. Second, we're gonna ask for counsel. But then when we ask, we're gonna shut up and listen. And then lastly, we're gonna do this. And this is something that my dad's always taught us. Pastor Joshua will agree with this. Don't do anything that your spirit man doesn't feel good about. My dad has always taught that to us. Son, don't do anything that your spirit man doesn't feel good about. But this is the thing. You've got to become aware how to discern what's spirit and what's flesh. Because oftentimes we blame, we blame the spirit and it's really your flesh. I don't want to go talk to that person about Jesus. Listen to me. That's your flesh. Because you're bashful. Go talk to the person about Jesus. Tell him he loves him. Like, like, just do it. Go for it. We have to be able to discern the difference between the spirit and the flesh. The Bible says this. Galatians 5.16. And I know this because I taught kids church for so many years. This is one of our favorite scriptures to do. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Some of y'all just needed some hand motions to help you teach you a scripture, okay? If you wanna know how to discern the spirit and the flesh, you have to begin to walk in the spirit on a daily basis. What does that look like? When I wake up out of bed, Lord, I surrender my day to you. I surrender everything that I do to you today. Father, I thank you that I'm praying right now as a precautionary practice, not a reactionary response. Lord, I thank you that you help me today when I go into Walmart and not scream or yell at anybody. Lord, I thank you when I go into Wendy's that they get my food right today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you whenever I go to work. You know, I'm obviously being joking here, but you pray about things. Lord, help me today. Be my, ad Lord, Holy Spirit, be my advocate today. Be with me in everything that I do. And when you do that, you'll find that throughout your day, you are led by the Spirit. And when you feel that pulling, when you feel that conviction pulling you to a certain place, you'll step to it because you're already walking in the Spirit. And now, because you're walking in the Spirit, you're not gonna fulfill the lusts or the wants, desires of your flesh. Somebody can come play at this time. I believe right now, though, the Lord is calling us to discern those two things so we can actually do what he's called us to do. Listen, faith will call you to do some things that will push your limits. However, faith is always met with a special grace. And I believe that the Lord confirms his word and his will. And I believe the Lord gives a special peace when you're in his perfect timing. I believe the Lord gives a special peace. I referenced this earlier. And I'll close with this thought. I referenced this earlier. We were making the decision, should we go to High Praise Crestview or not? Can I tell you that we did all these steps. We prayed. Pastor Joshua was in on this stuff. We prayed about it as a whole. We did too. We sought counsel between Pastor Dustin Smith, uh, 
Apostle Leon Walters, uh, Pastors Ken and Trudy Blunt, obviously Pastor Joshua, Pastor Robert. I mean, the list could go on and on of people, Bishop Hammond, numerous people that we reached out to and asked the Lord. Uh, Pastor Kenny McFessel as well. Lord, is this what you want? We prayed on it, saw counsel, we shut up and listened. And we didn't do anything that the Spirit didn't, we didn't feel good about in our spirit. And the Lord said, and I remember when I picked the phone and Pastor Robert started telling me, I'm, I'm, I referenced this earlier. It was literally, and I've explained it like this since that day, it was like wind and sails. And that's why I say, and I know Pastor Joshua had a similar experience whenever there was a conversation about Panama City, you taking and running with this. I believe the Lord's calling you to do this. There was that same, that same yes in that moment because the Lord gives a special peace in moments that he's calling you in those Kairos times that he's calling you into. I believe when you enact this, you are poised to step into the Kairos moments that God has for your life. Will you just lift your hands right where you're at? You can stand to your feet if you'd like to tonight. And just lift your hands. I just wanna pray over you real quickly. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you, Lord, we won't grow impatient in waiting for you to bid us into what you're calling us into. But Lord, we will wait on you so that we can always be renewed in your great strength. I thank you from that strength, Lord, you empower us to go and do what you've called us to do, whatever that may be in this room, whether it's new business owners in this room, whether it's promotion, whether it's new ministries being launched, whether it's just simply launching a community or connect group here in the church, whatever it is, Lord, that you're placing within our hearts in this moment where we feel that transition happening, Father, I thank you right now that you bring peace right now as you call them into new seasons. I thank you that they wait on the Lord and you renew their strength. They won't grow weary in well-doing for they will reap if they faint not. So Lord, we command right now, Lord, on this house, as there's a house, this is a house of unity. Lord, your word promises that you command a blessing there. So Lord, I thank you unified as a church. We're also waiting for what you want to do through this body. And when the time comes that you say, run and go and do, Father, I thank you that you will equip us for every good work that you called this body to do. Lord, I thank you that not one one thing will not be accomplished that you've called us to accomplish. Lord, I just prophesy right now that everything that's been prophesied for years will come to pass in moments right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you. You're ushering this church into a new Cairo season, a new appointed season to go forth and do your will, accomplish what you want to accomplish and further your kingdom here in Bay County. So Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor and all the praise. We thank you for what you've done, you're doing and you're going to do in Jesus' name. If you believe it, will you give God a hand clap and a shout of praise? Amen. 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 Give him, give him some glory. Amen. High praise. We love you. We are so appreciative for all of you, and we can't wait to see you next time. And God bless. Come on, can you give Pastor Micah a hand tonight? It's a powerful word. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.